Tracy and you, Dominic, you know, when people ask me what have I been doing in the city, I say you need to talk to Dominic Carter because you've been covering me for almost 30 years now. Nice to be with you, Dominic. I think you are really in a very, very high league. And I watch some of your competitors on, frankly, the national shows, and I say, why aren't you doing a national show? Because I really think your delivery and your questioning wow. and your brain power is really at the highest level. So that's good. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And good morning. Good morning. Good Monday morning. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. We have a lot to get to this morning, a lot of issues to get to. And, of course, we will be taking your telephone calls, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. I hope that you had a lovely weekend. I hope you had a good time. I know that uh, that I had a wonderful day at uh, Gracie Mansion uh, this weekend, yesterday, Attending uh, the wedding of a well-known political consultant uh, in the New York area, Scott Levinson, and his bride, Ademi, uh, Mayor Adams. This was a Saturday at the mansion, and I hadn't been to the mansion in a couple of years. Mayor Adams performed the wedding for them. Then the mayor immediately headed to the airport, heading to El Paso, Texas, and then Scott and uh, Ademi had a their wedding uh, reception dinner, if you will, at Spark Steakhouse. It was a wonderful time by all, and uh, I hadn't had that type of a wonderful time, a great time in a long time. And I, it was just one of the best days, I, I would say, of my life just to watch my friend's uh, happiness. So a number of issues that we are going to deal with this morning. Even Democrats, even Democrats are becoming very critical of Biden, President Biden, as it relates to the stored classified documents. Even Democrats are declaring that Biden may have jeopardized, may have jeopardized national security by storing classified documents from his time as vice president at his home, at his home, and at the office of his think tank. Uh, and this is coming from a top Democratic critic of President Trump's handling of classified documents. This is coming from, and I know that uh, this man is not popular with many of, of you folks, our listeners here. This is coming from Congressman Adam Schiff of California. He told ABC News, quote, I don't think we can exclude the possibility without knowing more facts of whether or not the president jeopardized national security. Again, when he was asked the question of if Biden may have jeopardized national security by taking the documents, his response was, I don't think we can exclude the possibility without knowing more facts. That's coming from uh, Adam Schiff. And he says that, uh, and I'm adding here, we have asked for an assessment in the intelligence community of the Mar-a-Lago documents. I think we ought to get the same assessment of the documents found in the think tank. And he says that he'll reserve judgment. Reserve judgment 
on whether Biden should have been more forthright, more forthright about the discovery of the documents on the eve of the midterm elections in November. And of course, we all know now that the White House did not disclose the discovery until reports of a Justice Department probe emerged uh, just last week. And so as it relates to the uh, classified documents, it is a bad, it is a bad situation. And what I can't get over is what President Trump had to go through, the extreme treatment and behavior. Now, was the Trump team, according to the Justice Department, cooperating with them? No, they were not. Trump team was not. But when you still look at the raid of his Mar-a-Lago home, when you look at at going through the First Lady's uh, uh, personal possessions in, in her bedroom, and all of what entailed the raid on the Trump home for documents, and then the President of the United States, President Biden, goes on 60 Minutes, on 60 Minutes, attacking Trump over the documents, and now when it's all said and done, the same identical problem may be even worse for Biden. And so there's a, uh, a special uh, counsel looking into this, and, and we'll, we'll see how this all goes. But as I have consistently said, and I will continue to say, we must have one set of rules in our country. If we're ever going to aim to bring the country back together, where it's not so polarized. You cannot have the Trump rules and then the rules for everybody else. You can't go after Trump with everything you've got, but when it's Biden, it's, uh, we'll see, we'll investigate for a few years, we'll investigate, oh, Hunter Biden, we'll see, we'll see what, it's just not right, it's just not fair. One of the uh, second stories we're dealing with, Mayor Adams traveled to El Paso, Texas this weekend. And this comes as the mayor projects that is the migrant crisis will cost New York City as much as $2 billion. Think about that for a second, folks. $2 billion, twice what the mayor had initially estimated. He's calling, I should say, continuing to call on federal and state lawmakers to help foot the bill for efforts to house migrants in this quote-unquote sanctuary city. More than 39,000 asylum seekers have arrived in the Big Apple since the spring. Almost, almost 40,000 people. Almost as much almost as large as two-thirds the amount of the homeless system that the city has uh, with with American citizens. So the mayor said Friday, and we're going to get to his trip, the mayor said Friday, the city's shelter system is at its breaking point, is at its breaking point, and is asking Albany to shelter 500 migrants as the city plans to appeal to uh, Governor Hochul for an emergency mutual aid request. Good luck with that. Good luck with with that. And so Mayor Adams says that the money is coming from, 
our schools. Think about this, folks, from our schools, from our public safety, from our hospitals, from our infrastructure, from our ACS services, tax dollars that we depend on every day are going to migrants that, I don't want to be this harsh, but in, in, in most cases are nothing more than just get over artists. And we, the American taxpayer, whether we want to be or not, we are the suckers that are picking up the bill. And so um, the mayor, while in El Paso, the migrants actually urged the mayor to take them back with him to New York City where the migrants said they will help more than anywhere else. I wonder where they got that train of thought from, the migrants, that New York City will help more than anywhere else because our leaders here in New York City have been pandering, starting with the mayor, to the migrants. So I'm going to come back to the migrant issue. And in a moment, we're going to open up the telephone calls. But I want to do a recap on something that happened up in Buffalo. And, of course, the number where you can reach me is 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. We'll start with your calls momentarily. But I want to start with Buffalo. And you may recall I told you a couple of uh, hero situations of what occurred in Buffalo uh, in terms of people stepping up, going beyond, going beyond, over and above to save human life in the middle of that deadly storm up in Buffalo. Well, one of the cases that I told you about was a mentally disabled Buffalo man who made national headlines when a kind-hearted stranger, a woman and her boyfriend, saved him during the city's deadly Christmas Eve blizzard. The, the man thought that he had to go to work, and apparently he has the uh, mental capacity of a 10-year-old and lives in a group home several blocks away from the woman that tried to save him. And so she did. The woman saved him. She took him in. He was wandering in the street, crying. People were literally dying. And he suffered frostbite on all of his fingers. And now he has lost his fingers to frostbite. And so he's 64 years old. His name is Joey White. And Mr. White underwent several surgeries to treat his severe fourth-degree frostbite. But doctors couldn't save his fingers. I want you to listen to the woman. Her name is 35-year-old Shakira Autry. Of what she found when she and her boyfriend found this 64-year-old man in the middle of a deadly blizzard and a full panic walking around. This is what his hands is looking like. We got to get some help. He has gangrene 
on his hands. I'm gonna, he's gonna lose his fingers. He's gonna lose his fingers. I, I, I don't know what to do. He had a bag when, when, when my boyfriend found him. He had a bag. He had this top bag, this bag on, in, on his hands. It were frozen to his hands. Okay. I cut it off. After I cut it off, when I, when I cut it off his hands, I turned around and I had to blow dry the ice off of him. And now that man has lost his uh, his fingers. And um, we also told you the story up in Buffalo. And I'm about to begin with Neil in Staten Island with the phone calls in just one second. We told you the story of the man uh, that broke into the school. He had no other choice in order to save his life and the lives of others. The city credits him with saving 24 lives in the Buffalo blizzard. And now the NFL is doing something wonderful for him. They have given him a pair of tickets to the upcoming Super Bowl. This man, one man saved 24 lives. And so we're going to break down uh, the, the mayor's visit this weekend to El Paso, in which he was greeted by a crowd of, of onlookers, uh, and and the people, and I'm, I'm giving you quotes here, the people said to the mayor, I heard that they can help me in New York more than anywhere else. I heard the shelters are great there, right? Another person told the mayor to take me with you to New York. And, I mean, it, this went on and on and on and on. One person said that they learned uh, about New York City by watching uh, television on the migrant coverage. And um, the mayor did receive a a warm welcome, and why wouldn't he, uh, from a group of uh, a a dozen or so uh, migrants uh, who raised their hands and burst into applause after they asked him if he had come to the U.S. to work if they could come to the U.S. and work and experience the American dream. And another person, think about this for a second. One person said, I hope his visit has the purpose of helping us because we just want to get ahead in life. We just want to get ahead in life. That's what this migrant crisis, folks, is all about. Let's go to Neil on Staten Island. Good morning, Neil, and welcome to the Dominic Carter Show. Good morning, Dominic. You know, uh, by American Legion Post, we have to contribute to a food bank at Fords Wattsworth on uh, Staten Island for the Coast Guard, the enlisted personnel. The housing allowance doesn't cover enough for food for them and their children. And it's not only us, but a lot of organizations are doing it on Staten Island for this food bank. And it's just amazing that active duty personnel can't feed their children uh, in the, for their families, and these people are throwing away food, the migrants. It is just disgusting. What I would do is I would throw them the hell out of this city, and if they don't, oh, oh put them to work catching rats because uh, we need we got a lot of rats. So maybe they should be doing something like that. But to be honest with you, Dominic, I throw them the hell out. They have no business being here. Right. I don't care what the law. See, I I hear you, Neil, and I agree with you a thousand percent. But when you have ambitions to go on to Washington uh, from being mayor of New York City, you can't do that. It, it is the mayor, after all, that embraced these people 
and said that New York is a sanctuary city, followed by uh, the top Democrat in, in the White House. But 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 sure. Neil, you, you mentioned you mentioned, Neil, the the veterans and the American soldiers. And I'm I'm with you, man. I really am, because when you think about some of these families that are in the military, things are so tough that they qualify for food stamps and actually have to get food stamps. And here you have migrants thumbing their nose because they don't want sandwiches. And the last time I checked, deli meat is quite expensive. Bread is expensive. Mayonnaise is expensive, quite expensive. expensive. And you're going to thumb your nose at, at what you're being given, keyword given, here in, in, in America, I, I honestly believe, Neil, that the mayor of New York City should not have embraced him from day one. Or, or if you got to take him in politically for, for, for political sake, what's wrong with the tent city? Why can't you put the women and children in a separate tent, big tent, and put the men? Of course they didn't want to stay there. I wouldn't want to stay there either. If, if, if I got a choice of a $500 hotel room in Midtown or, or, or a tent city meal, uh, uh, or in, in, uh, Randall's Island, which one do you think the average person is going to take? But that they're, they are looking at us, in my opinion, as, as like the American taxpayer is like, is like we're stupid. Neil, I mean, go ahead. Go ahead, Neil. Isn't it amazing that the mayor is so cheap? He won't pay a $300 fine for the rats at his own rental properties, and yet he doesn't mind spending $2 billion of taxpayer money that could be used for the people that actually paid that money. It's amazing. It it is amazing when you look at the American taxpayer and we get soaked by everything and everyone, and it seems like we're the last man on a totem pole, and you're going to take – American taxpayer dollars to give the good life to migrants. I mean, it it just doesn't add up. But, Neil, I do thank you for the uh, telephone call, and you have a wonderful morning. Let's go from Staten Island to the Bronx. Let's say good morning to Tom. Good morning, Tom. What's on your mind? uh, How are you? I'd like to say that the United States, uh, Washington, D.C., should have individuals that uh, with all this printed money that they come to New York City, for instance, and they st- and they take dilapidated areas, but they put up big, uh, big prefab buildings to house people. As long as we've got them here, we're stuck with them. And the, to do it uh, systematically with, uh, with logic behind it, this is what should be being done. And as long as they print the money, the money's good to build the buildings. As long as you're using money that's printed, it's printed to pay the workers to build the buildings. It's not it's being sent home to individuals to say, well, I'm going to watch uh, reruns of Gilligan's Island for the next week or so. So as long as the money's being used for the proper way, it should be that way. That's what I'm going to That's what I'm trying to say. See, I I hear you, but 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 Tom, it takes time to uh, 
to even build the uh, prefabricated well, housing. I just say one thing: it's a it's an emergency beyond belief, and they should be doing something in Washington D.C. instead of playing games with people and saying, "Well, your economies in uh, New York will take care of it," and everybody's hiding. They're good for sending people here, but they're hiding for, for to pay the bills. It's ridiculous. It it yes, is sir. it is ridiculous, Tom. I, I thank you for the call calling this morning from the Bronx. Dominic Carter here with you, Talk Radio seventy seven WABC. Let's go to our friend Michael in New Jersey. Good morning, Michael. What's on your mind? Uh, Dominic. I believe that people in the state of New Jersey where I live will be hit with a Mount Laurel three uh etiquette to provide low and moderate income housing for these migrants and beware amnesty will be on the bill that's all i have to say okay but but help me out when you say amnesty will be on the bill you're 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 meaning what tell me exactly what you mean in 1986, Ronald Reagan signed an amnesty law, but he wanted something in return. That's the I-9 law. That law says that anybody applying for a new job must have their do- the following documents with this form to go in from your new employer. Okay, Michael, Michael, I don't have time for a history lesson. Just tell me exactly what do you mean by amnesty in this situation? What I mean by amnesty is they're given citizenship ahead of those who filled out the paperwork and have gotten the green card and are hoping to be granted their citizenship legally. Right. I okay, now now I got it. Now I got it. Thank you for the call. And and that's why I, I that's why I, I'm stating uh that in my opinion, nine and a half out of ten of these people are nothing more than get over artists looking to get over on all of us. And um it's working for them, it's not working for us. Think about that, folks. It's working for the migrants. It's not working for us. Our friend Audrey in Brooklyn. Good morning, Audrey. What's on your mind? Um, good morning. I, I just have a few things. I'm, I'm one, um, I'm, I'm listening to the made-up stories in regards to the, the um, folks that are trying to save their lives. Everybody's not a criminal. But why is it different when, when, when um, to me, this is my personal opinion, when it's brown people as opposed to the Ukrainians or anyone else that comes here that, that needs help also? And I don't think they're all criminals. And I just think it's really unfair for people to, to think that, oh, it's okay to, to say, well, these people don't deserve anything. Okay. And Okay, so Audrey, Audrey, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. So, and I've asked you this question repeatedly. Where is all of this money supposed to come from to take care of these people? Where did it come from before they came here? 
seriously. I don't know. I'm not into that part of, of, of politics, but I know it, it's, it's just, it seems weird all of a sudden. It's a problem. Yes, the influx is out of control, but I, I point um, um, Adam for going there. I don't believe the stories about people saying they want to come here because New York is better than because they're all the same. And I just feel that, particularly on this particular weekend, I just think it's something that people need to think about there for the grace of God. But this thing with Biden, because I, I don't want to get cut off. I don't believe all this nonsense. Where these documents appeared all of a sudden? Something stinks here. It could be a fact that maybe folks don't so want Audrey, to run again, but it just, Audrey, just seems Audrey, right. Audrey, you, you know I think the world of you, right? You do know that, right? What happened? <laughs> okay, so, 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 Audrey, I mean, I, I, could it be, Audrey, that the Biden team held these documents to get past the mid, you said you said that they're popping up now, so someone's trying to set up Biden possibly so that he won't run for re-election. Could it be that they pulled a a, a quick one for on all of us and um, and held these documents until after the midterms to make sure that it would not impact the the midterm elections? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what? This whole political situation needs to overhaul. Why don't you run for president? <laughs> Audrey, well, I um, I I thank you for the call, but on 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 the migrants, I mean, well, you know what? I do want to ask you this before I move on. So, almost what thirty nine thousand migrants have made their way to New York. So you're telling me, Audrey, with a straight face, that thirty nine thousand people are fleeing political persecution. That thirty out of the thirty nine thousand. All of them are fleeing their countries because they fear for their lives. I tell you what, I would not walk from nowhere, particularly to the corner, but something's something's going on. Is it I don't know what it is, but something somewhere has to be happening. Last week it was a million, now it's only forty thousand. No, the the the, the well, I, I don't know where the million figure is coming from. I think the mayor may have said um, No, it wasn't there, it was some callers. Oh, okay. It was some callers. Okay. Well, Audrey, uh, I, well, there's someone that wants to respond to you, Audrey. So before you go, because what happens oftentimes is someone will say something and then the other person doesn't get a chance to respond. So you just hold on for a second because John in Brooklyn wants to comment on what you just said. So, John, Audrey's still on the line. You've got the floor. What Audrey doesn't understand is that the Ukrainians are victims of a war of conquest in initiated by Putin's Russia. The brown people, and I uh, quote-unquote, are coming here only because they want to improve their lives. And I think that's ridiculous. We shouldn't be supporting them. They should be improving their lives back in their home countries, not uh, come here and, and, and take up our invaluable resources. We have a lot of homeless people here in the United States. We have, as you just pointed out, uh, American military families who need to be on food stamps because they're not getting enough money. So her argument is absolutely ridiculous. Okay, Audrey, you heard your, your, your fellow uh, borough person, your, John, you just heard what he said. And, and I have to tell you, Audrey, I agree with John, but what's your take on what he just said? <laughs> That's ridiculous. It's the same situation as far as I'm concerned. Okay, I can't talk. I can't. I can't say anything. 
because Audrey does know, and I follow all this stuff all the time, because it's always something in another country, but it's just a differential when it comes to what you look like. That's the way I feel. Jack on it. That's that. Okay, so, John, uh, what Audrey's saying is that, uh, to cut to the chase, when it involves uh, uh, white-looking people, it's not a problem, but when it involves brown or black people, it's a tremendous problem. It's ridiculous because if she forgets, she's forgotten our history because we, we helped out African immigrants when, when there were massacres going on, genocide going on in, in parts of Africa back in the 90s. So she's, she, she's absolutely wrong here. And and again, there's there's simply no comparison. Her her logic is quite askew, to put it mildly. Okay, well, she needs to do some critical thinking. Well, John in Brooklyn, Audrey, you still there? Yes. Any response? Or are you done? He doesn't know what he's talking about. What part of Africa? They're too busy stealing the minerals. I don't want to talk about history because that's one thing I'm an, I'm an expert in all sides. Okay. History. I love history on both sides, and I study it all the time since since thirty years ago, whatever. Since high school, it's okay. been high school, and it's not about what I know and, and the difference. But maybe he should check himself out and check the history because it's both sides. Okay, John and Audrey, both of you in Brooklyn. Thank you. thank you for the calls this morning. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio seventy seven WABC. We are going to take a break. When we come back, more of your telephone calls. And we're going to go from Long Island to New Jersey to Queens to Spring Valley and again to New Jersey. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Say this is a big rich town. I just come from the poet's part. Bright light, city life, I got me. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. The federal government should pick up the entire course, what El Paso is going through and all of the other municipalities. And we need a real leadership moment from FEMA. This is a national crisis. The mayor of New York City, uh, Eric Adams, and... um, you know, I, I say all the time, folks, we're about to go back to the telephone calls that must listen to radio around the country. Happens to be the show of John Katzmatidis, the owner-operator of WABC, appearing on the Katz Roundtable, uh, New York Governor David Patterson, former governor, Democrat. And he feels that Adams um, deserves credit for pushing Biden on the migrant issue. Eric Adams, the mayor, introduced his budget, which would be $103 billion, and he talked about all the aid that we gave to migrants and made a plea to Washington that we need more money. This is a problem that's never going to get solved unless 
Washington, Washington is what's pushing these mayors not to turn their backs on the migrants, but Washington isn't giving them any help. So I admired that, uh, that Mayor Adams, you know, kind of let them know that he's keeping score here. And uh, I'm looking at some of the emails that I'm receiving. A friend of the program, Sal, says, uh, hey, Dominic, I find it interesting that as far as I know, Mayor Adams has never, and he capitalized never, met with American-born homeless or American veterans and has never built tent cities or put them up in fancy hotels. If not, why? With the question mark and why it's capitalized. Also, in the event that New York can no longer finance these migrants and face increased increasing all-around deficits, I would not be surprised if New York Democrats do what New York Democrats do best, proudly raise taxes. That's from uh, Sal. Let's go to uh, Pamela in New Jersey. Good morning, Pamela. What's on your mind? Good morning. You know, sometimes life hands you problems from the outside and you deal with it, but you don't feel like that inside, you know. But but at this point, uh, I don't know about you, but one of the worst feelings you can get is if you're being suckered. And we're going to have to be called the United Suckers of America. Our stoves are being taken away. Uh, now they don't want you to own single homes. The border is wide open. I mean, and, and we're trying to rationalize it. When do we start looking inside of ourselves and saying we are being suckered? And that's like one of the worst insults you can give on the street. You know, if you work in a, an urban area, it is. it is like the worst. You go home at night and you feel bad because you've been suckered. Well, Pamela, from day one, uh, using your term, and, and I agree with it. I agree with it. We we have been being, quote, unquote, suckered from day one of this so-called uh, crisis uh, you have a situation where there are some people that are fleeing violence, but not all. And, you know, I was looking at one of the articles um, as it relates to uh, Pamela, uh, the these uh, the, the, the migrants uh, in terms of the ones that the mayor uh, met with. And one woman was talking about, I'm trying to find the quote here, but I don't have it uh, right in front of me, that um, she, somehow she made it to America and delivered her baby, right? And that the baby is now a citizen, a 20, 20 day old citizen. And I mean, listen, I, I think America wants to help the world, but at, at a certain point, Pamela, I mean, enough is enough. And when you look at what New York City is doing, and I know the mayor has met with homeless people, uh, to go back to Sal's email, but, but, but he, he does have a point. I mean, we we have people in the homeless shelter right now, veterans, homeless people. They're not getting the treatment that uh, that migrants are getting. Why do you think it's happening, Pamela? Well, you know, it's it's uh, power. People in power, if they give and give and give, they've got their votes. They've got their, you know, people. People think that people coming to this country, oh, poor them, like they're not intelligent and they can't do anything. I got news for you, people. These people are smart. Very. They are brilliant. They have survived dictatorship. Very. And and I give them credit. And you know what? They need to go back to their countries and, and um, uh, you know, the, the, the illegals and the ones that are trying to sucker us and try to make their countries better. You know, my family members fought in World War II and Vietnam. They died for this country, 
They fought for this country. You, you, freedom is not free. Not by any measure. But thank you for the call, Pamela, in New Jersey. Let's stay in New Jersey. Let's go to Tony. Good morning, Tony. What's on your mind? Hi, Dominic. How are you tonight? Good to I, hear your I'm voice well. and good to hear Thank all you. the listeners. I'm, I'm always encouraged by everyone's opinion. And and I have a concern about New York City being a sanctuary city. And it really has to do with where we've been these past three years. And I think because New York City is a sanctuary city, that it, it, it doesn't have the facilities and it's it's been through so much even since COVID that I really think that New York City has to rethink and that's the mayor why we are why they are a sanctuary city when it has enough of its own problems. And that's just my feeling. Hey Tony it's, a, it's not it's not a color thing. I don't no, I it, it, I'm not I'm not I don't think it's a color thing. But Tony, but but here's the simple question that I'll put to you and every every person that's that's calling up this morning. So the mayor sets up his tent city at Randall's Island and uh no one showed up, a handful of people. Shouldn't that tell city leaders something that when it was a tent city, and, and even then it was a state-of-the-art tent city with hot food and, and the, the, the games, the electronic games and telephones, the call. No one showed up. But when you can go to a hotel at $500 a night in Midtown, oh, the floodgate is open. So you explain that to me, Tony, please. Why is it when it was a tent city, nobody wanted to go, but when it's the hotels in Midtown, everybody wants to be there? I think there's there's a a confusion about what exactly it is being a sanctuary city. And I think the mayor has not set parameters because every city has its own policy. It's not federally dictated. So when people are coming here, they need to be told, here's where you go. There's, there's no agreement. There's no order. It's chaos. It's what do you want? We'll give it to you. And we shouldn't even have New York being a sanctuary city. We've been through so but, much. But we so don't say that we, to veterans. We don't say to veterans, what do you want? We'll give it to you. Correct. I well, think there is this, there's this informal thing, Dominic, that we're getting at here that says whatever we could do for you, we are going to do for you because we are a sanctuary city. No questions asked. Whatever you want, we'll spoil you. And that's where we're going wrong because we can't even afford to have New York City be a sanctuary city. We really they can't. can't. They can't. We, so we really can't. If you're can. going to make it a sanctuary city, you need parameters. And right now, we should not be, New York should not be a sanctuary city. New Jersey should not have sanctuaries. I don't know what we have here. But that's the problem. The mayor wants to be everything to everyone. It shouldn't be that we have to figure out who should be here and who shouldn't. Who are you and who you are. It's money. If we don't have the money, every city can decide if they're a sanctuary city. We have no money, so how can we be a sanctuary city? That's the answer. Period. End of story. Tony, thank you for the call. We are going to take a break. Dominic Carter here with you. When we come back, we're, go, we're going to go to Deborah in Spring Valley. We're going to go to Yonkers, Queens, New Jersey, Long Island, Babylon, 
We have a lot more coming up. And when we come back from this break, the Chronicles of Dominic Carter and more of your telephone calls. WABC. These are the Chronicles of Dominic Carter on 77 WABC. We have to give the NYPD a round of applause. Some police officers uh, from the 103rd Precinct had an experience they won't soon forget when they arrived at a queen's home last week and found a mom-to-be in labor in the living room. The officers sprang into action and helped deliver the baby boy right there. The infant's dad says the officers from the 103rd Precinct are angels. Uh, They arrived at the uh, door to the Jamaica home, and uh, one officer says the first thing he heard was screaming, and that led him exactly to where the mother was in the house. And uh, she had gone to the hospital Tuesday, the day before, but uh, they were told that the mom was only one centimeter uh, dilated, if you will, and had to go home and wait until she was further along. Well, that process moved up uh, rather aggressively. And so initially there was the responding team, and then uh, two other officers uh, arrived uh, monitoring the, the contractions. And at the end of the day, the baby was born right there in the house. And um, and from approximately four to five minutes after arriving on the scene, the officers delivered a baby boy. And, um, you know, we hear so much about race relations when it's unnecessary. And I normally wouldn't do this, but it happened to be three white officers responding and an African-American couple. So when you make all this nonsense about race, three white police officers delivered the African-American baby. Not relevant to the story at all, but I just wanted to uh, put it out there. I mentioned Deborah in Spring Valley. Good morning, Deborah. What's on your mind? Hi, Dominic. Thanks for taking my call. I really love you so, and I Thank appreciate you. all the effort you put into it. Thank you. That's very uh, nice of you to say. I have two points. One, these are technically federal people. They should, we have empty Army bases, and we have empty FEMA camps all over America that should be populated with these people, and they shouldn't have a choice. But the other part of the problem is, my second point, that this whole immigration thing is part of a plan. It's part of the Great Reset that is um, perpetrated by by Soros and and, um, Gates and um, Schwab to change the nature of America, and they want to change us, and they want to make us have more socialism. So everything that we work for and earn for is going to be given to other people. Okay, so Deborah, like, so if they yeah. want to have the social socialism, you pay for it, meaning them. You pay for it, not the rest of us. So, so they, they, they have all these grand ideas with our money. Not only that, our money... They want to destroy our way of life. Well, they, they, they are succeeding us. at that. They want, they want to ruin us on purpose. It's part of this great reset plan. And we are, we are the victims. We are truly the victims. 
shaky is shaky, and they really don't care. The Democrats, the people running our country, are against us. They want to change us. They don't care about America. Well, all I can say, and Deborah, I really appreciate your call from Spring Valley this morning. Uh, All I can say is it's disgusting that we're footing the bill to feed these people that are here illegally, and they're like, no, we're not going to eat your food. Just throw it away. I mean, it, it is it is disgusting because these are big contracts, as we all know, for the food, for 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 the uh, for for the hotels. All of this is big business, and you come here, you're not supposed to be here, and 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 you mentioned the uh, FEMA camps, Deborah. You know why that will never fly? Because the advocates that represent these people would scream bloody murder. They would say that it's racism that you're treating them differently, and so th- that's why you know the, the things that where they should be going, it's not happening that way. But Deborah, I appreciate the call. You have a lovely morning. Let's go from Spring Valley to Long Island. Let's say good morning to Linda. Linda, what's on your mind? Hi, Dom. I agree with you. And the last call was absolutely right. And also the other one about the uh, being uh, all of us being suckers. I'm just waiting to when they start asking for the champagne. Now, they don't like the food. They're throwing it away. It's not good enough. They don't want to go home. They don't like where they live. Uh, Now they get Who's who's involved with this? Somebody said they were going to uh, investigate it. The five hundred dollar a day um, rooms, hotel rooms, that people who work and live here can't afford. Why right. is that? I mean, why? I don't understand. I mean, isn't the government normally don't they make deals when they do things like this a big thing? What, ah, they make, Linda, why are they paying five hundred dollars fun, a day? Funny, funny, you use the word deal. I'm sure there is a deal, deal. somewhere yeah. in this. There is. <laughs> there, 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 is. There, always, there always is. There, there always, always is. Yes, but why isn't anybody looking into it? That, that woman is right. We are suckers. We're all just sitting around watching this and get, and you know, our blood pressure goes up. We're all getting sick from everything they're doing in this country now. I mean, and I mean, I, I actually thought I liked Adams. I thought he was really good, trying to do a good job. I mean, I think he's just, he looks like the rest of us now, just frustrated. Like he can't do anything because of what, what, what's the federal government doing about it? Absolutely nothing. They're laughing at him. Ha, ha, ha. Right? Big joke. This whole thing is a big joke. They keep coming in and they, it's like they're threatening us, everybody. What's that thing they want to take off now so more people will come in? More uh, illegals will come in? Well, yeah, you know, I've got the name of it. I, I, I don't recall off the top of my head, Linda, but you said they're just coming in and coming in. But but even worse, and they're not paying for it. We are. But, Linda, I, I thank you for your call. Let's go to uh, BJ in Queens. Good morning, BJ. What's on your mind? The great philosopher said that uh, we get the leaders uh, we deserve. And in this case, we got the leaders we deserve. We got uh, we voted for DeBosio. We voted for Hochul. We voted for Cuomo. And uh, those of us that did vote anyway, uh, there are a lot of people could care less. And this is what happens. You get people, hucksters like uh, 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 what's-his-face, Adams, uh, bringing in 1,000 illegal aliens. 
uh, and uh, this is what we get, you know, uh, uh, dumping them here and then crying, oh, the sky's falling, the sky's falling. Give me a break. But, but BJ, the sky is falling. We can't afford it. It really is that simple. We you don't, we don't here, have and the this money. Is political, this is political correctness. Uh, this is what happens when you can't say what's wrong. Uh, and what's wrong is is that they, the folks that all of your callers have outlined it. You, the folks that are coming in here, they have no desire to become part of America. They want to take over America, and they want you to pay for it. And as far as the leaders are concerned, they they, they want to stay elected forever. And without a crisis, they can never stay elected. Hmm. Interesting, BJ. I thank you for the call, folks. We're going to go back to your calls. In a moment, first, I'm joined by Frank Morano, the other side of midnight. Good morning to you, sir. Hello, Dominic. Happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Observed. Yes, same to you. What do you have coming up this morning? Well, we're going to take a look at some aspects of uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day observed that you might not hear about on the rest of the uh, on the rest of the radio or television today, and uh, some uh, facts about Martin Luther King that I think may surprise people. Also, there's this huge fight going on in New York City right now. I know you've been following it more closely than probably a lot of people. But there's this huge fight over how to pay for the health care of New York City retirees. And uh, we're going to get into that with uh, somebody that's been leading the fight to uh, make sure that New York City retired cops, firefighters, teachers don't have to basically see their health care cost them an arm and a leg. I'm going to be joined by Marianne Pizzatola on this. Uh, she's a, a real spirited fighter for this cause. And uh, I think if you haven't been following this, this is going to be an issue that every city in America deals with sooner rather than later. So we're going to get into it in a big way. Some very interesting topics. I look forward to uh, hearing them. Just don't keep me up too late this <laughs> no morning, promises. please. Let, let's go to uh, Maxine in Manhattan. Maxine, you're talking with Frank and Dominic. Uh, yes. Hi, Dominic. Hi. Oh, good to talk to you again. Thank you. Um, I, just wanted, I just wanted to say that, like, the food that the migrants are throwing away yes. is good food. It's not it's like very good food. rotten right. bread or anything. It's like right. Um, pasta primavera, beet salad, um, uh, broccoli salad, and focaccia bread with turkey. Why would you throw that away? Like, and they go out and buy food with what money? I don't know, but they do have a lot of money, from mm. what I've been told. Mm. And it's it's just like ridiculous as how much food is being wasted. The food that the, that's being wasted should go to the pantry, to the people that really, really need it. And they do, the migrants do not appreciate the fact that what we're doing, because they're hip to the game now. Yes, so yes. They, they, they are definitely hip to the game. Maxine, um, I'm, I'm so glad game. you just said that. I'm so, they're hip to the game. Maxine, I, I, I got to step in because we're, we're out of time. So hopefully you can call Frank back or give me a call back tomorrow because I'd love to continue this conversation. Maxine just hit it on the head. These migrants are hip to the game. There's no other way to say it. You pay for it. I pay for it. They get over. Keep it right there. Alex Barnard, news headlines coming up. And then Frank Morano and the other side of midnight.